0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Full Court Finance here at Zaxx. I'm your host, Ben Raines, and today we're taking a look at two relatively cheap retail stocks to consider buying as a longer-term investor amid the pretty massive market downturn in the first four months of 2022. But before we get into everything, remember to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast, and make sure to check out our Zaxx.com slash promo page for a look in some of our services, portfolios, and more so before we jump into these two stocks which are set to report next week I want to quickly go over the broader market just to give a better sense of what's going on and what's possibly going on with these two stocks specifically so if we look back last Thursday's bounce was pretty short lived with the market giving up all of its gains that it saw last Thursday to end what's been a really or what was at this point a rough rough April on a really low note so the Nasdaq closed regular trading hours last week 4.2% down Uh, On the day after a jump 3% Thursday the S&P 500 dropped 3.6% last Friday following its 2.5% climb. So as I said that big bounce back Thursday proved to be a wash and stocks closed even lower to end April. So the S&P 500 last month was down 8.8% with the Dow down nearly 5%. Both of those were their worst monthly performances since March of 2020 which was that initial COVID sell off meanwhile the nasdaq was down 13% last month for its worst showing actually since october of 2008 with tech stocks obviously being particularly sensitive to those higher interest rates so more selling of growth tech names so at the moment uh, the nasdaq is hovering right near its 52 week lows we saw a little bit of up and down movement so far on monday morning back in bear market territory with the s&p 500 down around 15% from its records as well, uh, many stocks are now trading beneath their pre-pandemic levels as Wall Street grapples with soaring prices and higher interest rates, and just where the economy is going, how some of these stocks are going to be valued with the higher interest rate environment. And we also are continuing to see clogged up supply chains that are dragging companies and the economy down. And a story that's definitely going to gain more and more attention soon is. The on or are the ongoing lockdowns in major Chinese cities that have been going on for weeks and weeks now as they try to get to their. COVID zero policy which you just wonder how long that's going to last which is definitely going to make matters worse on the supply chain side. In uh, last week we saw all the big companies Apple Microsoft Facebook slash meta. Alphabet all report earnings we saw Boeing and other big market movers as well so. These companies are even showing low growth Amazon had a Horrible day last week. It's starting to feel the pressure as its revenue slows. So it's definitely uh, obviously lots of fear going on in the market. Uh, The wave of selling has seen yeah these big players drop ten percent in a day. These market movers and heavyweights can really make investors scared, want to stay on the sidelines, which is fairly reasonable. Uh, But it's not all doom and gloom, especially if you're a longer-term investor. Uh, U.S. consumer spending actually climbed in the first quarter. The S and P 500 is set to keep growing in terms of revenue earnings and margins in 2022, 2023 and beyond. And if we look in terms of just a uh, recalibrated valuations, the S&P 500 is now trading at about 20 times forward 12-month earnings, which is it's uh it's on its lows, but it's it's much lower than it has been. It's trading below its highs of it was about trading at about 24 times forward earnings. At the height of that initial COVID bounce back. And then it's not, it's now not even too far above where it was at some points in late 2017. And its median over the last decade uh, was 17.5 times 4, 12, and 30. So we're sitting at 20. And it, if you go back to 2012, those were those lows of this last decade. And that's when uh, tech was making up a lot less of the SP 500. So Valuations have been recalibrated we're still expecting revenue earnings and margin growth and the economy is faring perhaps a little better than you expect. So even with rising interest rates investors could be looking to stocks in order to outpace that 40 year high inflation about 8.5% inflation at the moment. So if you're a longer term investor and you're looking to try to get into some stocks and hold them for maybe the next few years at least. If you're buying stocks with the market down 20% that's not necessarily a bad idea and maybe don't go all in on any of these things because the market could continue to see volatility and more selling in the near term amid all of these fears. But if you're a longer term investor you might want to consider now as a chance to start taking some smaller positions in stocks you consider holding for a long time And two of these stocks we're going to look at today that are worth maybe considering as cheaper maybe not out, out of the mainstream of uh, retail. that are having the ability to grow over the long haul. We're going to look at two of those stocks today. And the first one is Yeti, which trades in the ticker Y-E-T-I, so just like the company's name. And they are set to report their Q1 2022 results on Wednesday, May 11th, so next Wednesday. And we're just going to go through Yeti and see why it might be worth taking a bite out of at the moment. So Yeti stock has been hit pretty hard amid supply chain disruptions and higher costs that are now eating away at some of its profits. The company said last quarter that it expects supply chain headwinds excuse me, headwinds to remain in 2022, but its growth is still uh, there, especially on the top line, and it expects to grow in the back half of this year. So let's really get into why investors might want to consider buying the stock by starting at the basics. So Yeti grew its consumer base for its rugged, reliable, simply-branded coolers that can cost up to $1,300 uh by expanding way beyond its massive coolers that were geared towards commercial fishermen and people who really needed to keep anything cold for an extended period of time i actually was gifted one for christmas several years ago and i will say we used it for fourth of july this past year this is this is not a sales pitch i don't own yeti stock but uh i will say it does keep your ice very cold we had ice in it for about two days in the middle of the summer in chicago and it was like 90 degrees and it it was actually shocking because i'd never really seen it in action like that so there's a reason why people pay this much money for them because they are reliable and obviously they have they've gotten cultural cachet as well so the firm now sells a growing array of styles sizes colors they also sell multi-purpose gearboxes, buckets outdoor chairs dog bowls everything under the sun now in their biggest category is actually their their drinkware business so this includes mugs, tumblers, jugs, bottles. Uh, That unit accounted for 60% of total revenue in 2021, which is pretty steady from what it was in 2020 as well. The company's also ventured into the bag market. It's rolling out more luggage, backpacks and duffels, and the company definitely has an opportunity to compete against other sort of newer up-end or higher-end brands like Away in the travel bag space. So another growth market for Yeti. They're getting into as well. So with all of this, their diversified portfolio helped the company's revenue grow by 20% to $1.1 billion in 2020, with its direct consumer sales up 50% to account for roughly half of sales. Uh, this came on top of 70% growth in 2019. And then if we look back to 2021, its revenue then surged 29%, so roughly 30% to 1.4 billion with its direct consumer sales up 35%. Uh, so it's direct consumer channel grew to be 50% of total 56% of total net sales uh, with its wholesale revenue up 30%, 32% as well. And we also saw its gross profits increase 30% last year with its adjusted earnings up 37%. So it's good to see the company continuing to grow that direct to consumer business. Uh, obviously it's wholesale business still is an important part of the business they sell their coolers at places like dick's sporting goods places like that walmart beyond other places that are more outdoor focused and obviously along with its own e-commerce channels the company slowly building out its own brick and mortar business beyond its flagship store where it's headquartered in austin texas uh and it's been able to slowly expand those efforts. There's a store in Chicago, other places, and it's really thriving among these newer, younger, higher ed brands uh, that includes the likes of Lululemon and others. And the company is really poised to benefit from what remains, as I just mentioned at the top, strong consumer spending despite these rising costs of everything uh, in the economy. And this is highlighted just because the people who are willing to spend say $40 in a mug or more than $500 in a cooler aren't necessarily feeling the economic pinch as much as others. So uh, that business can maybe thrive in the long term as it's it's geared to a higher end consumer as well. Higher income consumers. so if we look ahead to twenty twenty two we're calling for another nineteen percent revenue growth all the way up to about one point seven billion and then we're calling for another fifteen percent in twenty twenty three all the way up to nearly two billion. Uh, we're also calling for despite all the headwinds calling for another twelve percent adjusted earnings growth. Uh, this year and then another twenty two percent adjusted earnings growth up to three dollars and fifty cents per share next year. And if we take a look. Uh, since the company last reported when people were seeing lots of downward revisions after the report the company really didn't fall that far so its uh, 2022 estimate went from $2.96 per share before its last report to just $2.87 per share so really not much of a fall off and then its 2023 EPS estimate went from $3.54 to $3.50 so not much of a downward revision there which shows that the company's been able to outpace and outmaneuver some of these setbacks that have been hurting other retailers perhaps more and the company also boasts a pretty solid history of bottom line beats including a twenty five percent average beat in the last four quarters and Wall Street also remains pretty high in the stock so seven of the eleven brokerage recommendations that Zaxx has are strong buys, with one more buy and then nothing below a hold given though it's overall downward earnings revision activity the company lands ASAC's ranked number three hold at the moment. And then in terms of its stock price this is where people might start to get even a little more excited. So because its stock was falling so bad and big where it doesn't think it was justifiable in terms of how far its stock has fallen. The company back in late February said they were going to start buying back a ton of stock. So they rolled out a hundred million dollar stock buyback program. The company CEO at the time said we remain confident in driving near and long term demand for Yeti brand also focus on efforts to drive shareholder value given the recent market dynamics we believe our shares are undervalued. And this share buyback provides the ability to take advantage of that current valuation. And that was even when the shares were priced above where they were today. We should also note that the company has a pretty solid balance sheet at the moment so. that, that supports obviously the buybacks and just its long-term growth efforts so now let's get to the price movement i alluded to so overall the stock's up about 193 percent since it went public in the fall of 2018. this compared to its broader leisure and recreational products market that's actually down 11 percent over this stretch so that said that run of 193 percent includes a 40 roughly 45 percent uh, decline in the last year. And so far it's down 40% in 2022. That said, the stock has uh popped last time I looked on Monday morning. It was up about 1% the last time we looked at around $50 a share, which is marking about 50% below its highs of $108 per share. And its current Zax consensus price target marks about 87% upside to those current levels of Yeti trading, as I said, at about, let me look this up real fast. Trading at about fifty dollars per share at the moment. Yeah, forty-nine ninety-one as of just now. Uh, so, with that said, its valuation is even more enticing. Along with that, falling stock price. Its valuation looks really enticing. So, it's now trading at about sixteen point nine. So, you call it seventeen times forward twelve-month earnings, which is way below its median over the last several years. Its trade its median was about thirty-one. Times forward 12 months earning, its high was 45. It's now trading at 17. This also marks a discount even to its broader uh, industry, which is trading at about 19 times forward earnings, which is impressive considering the stock has crushed it over the last four years. So, for any investors looking to buy a well valued stock that has a long term growth outlook, ability to grow both as top and bottom lines at double digit rates amid the current economic environment and able to fight through all the supply chain setbacks um, yeti seems like it's worth considering as I said the markets really volatile at the moment if you want to wait until after its earnings maybe you could scoop it up for even less but if you're a longer term investor maybe it's time to start considering taking smaller chunks out of these and maybe dollar cost averaging into the stocks amid this broader downturn in the next stock up fits in a similar category though it's more tech focused than it's other retail competitor in the the new upscale market of uh uh totally different pocket as well so this is sonos which trades on the ticker s-o-n-o and it's successfully challenging tech titans and growing its share of the expanding consumer tech space which is that home speaker market the high-end home speaker market the company's also set to release its q2 results actually of 2022 so it's um a little bit off the normal quarterly results schedule but it's set to release its results wednesday may 11th as well the same date as yeti so let's go into the company as a whole and then we'll see what's happened more recently so sonos first shipped it's uh its first product to consumers back in 2005 and it kind of helped usher in the modern high-end speaker age today it competes in a pretty crowded space alongside the likes of Bose and other home audio firms that also has seen the big tech powers like Apple and Google jump into the space and it's been able to grow its market share even against those big giants. Uh, Sonos specializes in that the wireless and multi room sound system and it aims to attract really everyone from music lovers to movie lovers and just anyone who wants kind of a higher end sleek feel at their home in terms of speakers and they're so much smaller than if, if, if you have old speakers from say 10, 20 years ago, and all these chords, they've been benefiting a lot just how easy and seamless and small these speakers are for how big the sound can be. So uh, the company doesn't attempt uh, to be in that direct like voice assistant speaker market, which helps to kind of differentiate itself from those Google Assistant speakers and Amazon Alexa. It's attracting consumers who want that big, high quality sound. So it sells a range of connected speakers subwoofers sound bars normally in black or white the company also has officially entered the portable spark speaker market so ones that don't plug in you can take with you uh it's mass market the speaker is called the rome it's now its cheapest speaker it's about 180 bucks they now have an even lower cost one that's the rome sl it's about 160 bucks and they also even at a higher end they sell speakers that are architectural speakers that can be built into the walls and ceilings depending on your various offerings so they really have everything that's from baseline speakers for 160 bucks you can take with you to the beach or wherever you're going great sound quality to packages that cost over two thousand dollars if you want a, a higher end home theater experience at your house the company along with speakers has its uh ad-free radio like streaming service that goes along with its devices, you can pay seven ninety nine a month for that. Uh, it also has a ad supported tier as well. So that's it's outside business of beyond its direct core speaker business. So now let's look at what they did in 2021. And then what they did in that most recent first quarter of 2022. So it posted pretty impressive results in fiscal 2021, which was the period ended on uh, last October. And its full year revenue was up 30% to $1.7 billion, And its adjusted earnings skyrocketed from $0.67 cents to $1.77. So really strong results. It also crushed our Q4 estimates at the time. And its uh, gross margin climbed as well. And its uh, free cash flow also improved. Uh, as we touched on earlier, Sonos has amassed a really growing and loyal customer base. So last year, its households were up 15% to about 13 million. And the company also said, it's CEO said they consistently see existing customers adding more products, which is great. So that, uh, that shows how good their speakers are that people are adding on to it. And that's kind of their platform is that they can all connect to each other. You can buy one at a time, you can buy packages. So if you like one, you can buy another one for a different room and they can all sync together. You can play music throughout your whole house. So the Company said that last year, so 2021, it ended where total products per household had increased to three total, uh, and they can they continue to see repeat buyers helping to drive the business forward as well as they add more uh, new customers as well. Uh, so the first quarter of 2022, it did cool down. Revenue was up three percent year over year. Uh, gross margin increased 140 basis points to about 48 percent but obviously they're facing near term headwinds and setbacks just that are hard to get around supply chains. Uh in there the firm's pretty confident though in their longer term outlook so we're going to get to that in a second so they're coming off their best year since they went public in 2018. 30% revenue growth last year driven by increased home focus spending this was on top of 5% top line expansion in 2020 11% in 2019. and. If we look ahead, we're calling for another 15% top line growth this year, and then another 12% in 2023. So consistent uh, double digit growth in the next two years, all the way up to 2.2 billion. We are calling for a setback on the bottom line. We're calling for its adjusted full year earnings to slip 30% year over year. This was after a big growth year last year, but then bouncing back next year in 2023. But also in terms of their overall uh, consensus estimates, they've not gone down too far compared to what lots of companies have seen. So similar to Yeti, the magnitude of those revisions, they went from uh, $1.29 per share for the year consensus estimates to $1.23 per share. And then for 2023, we were at $1.55 and now we're at $1.51. So not these massive downturns as uh, some other companies are dealing with. As I said, maybe if you're thinking about either Sonos or Yeti, you could wait for updated guidance because this is uh, lots changed in the last several months. But so far, those are the, the most recent revisions we have. And then we should also note the company's been able to really surprise to the high end. Uh, they've they beat by 16% last quarter, and they were able to blow away our results in the quarter three quarters before that. We were asked, we were calling for an adjusted loss, and then all in the three quarters before that, and all three times they came out with positive earnings. So they've been able to do really well in the bottom line in terms of beats. And then if we're looking overall, as I mentioned, their 2024 targets they've provided and they're consistently saying they're gonna be able to make these targets. So they're calling for revenue in 2024 of approximately 2.5 billion, which would represent a compound annual growth rate of about 13 percent. And then this revenue target, they said, is at the head of what the company originally said they were going to try to do for 2024 when uh, they first rolled out this guidance in March of 2021. So they originally said they would be at $2.25 billion uh, by the end of fiscal 2024. And now they're calling for $2.5 billion. So um, $250 million more they're expected to make over that time. And then it's gross margin they're expecting the range of 45 to 47 percent which is consistent with that range. They reported back in March of 2021 before there was uh, all these setbacks in the economy in terms of supply chains. So overall continuing to see strong growth and the company's CEO said the opportunity is tremendous. They can see yeah, it. They just continue to add more and more customers uh, repeat customers continue to be huge. And they also, once again, they only have a small market share of uh, what they say is a $90 billion global home audio market. So they only have 2% of that market share at the moment, and they said that their brand is continuing to gain momentum. So they really believe that they're able to uh, capture more and more of this market. And even if they get up to, say, 5%, that's just a lot, lot more money as this market continues to grow. So Sonos also, like Yeti, lands a Zach's rank for hold. It has a B grade for value and an A grade for growth. The company also boasts a really strong balance sheet, which is good to know as well, especially when you're trying to buy companies amid a market downturn, you wanna know that they're operating a solid business with strong financial uh, backbone. So the company has uh, 754 million in cash and equivalents, about 1.2 billion in current assets, 1.4 billion in total, against just about 693 million in total liabilities with zero long-term debt, so solid balance sheet as well. So then in terms of the stock price, Sonos is up 103% uh, over the last three years compared to the broader home audio video markets, uh, 50% climb, so big outperformance there. But then like many stocks, it's now down about 43% over the last year, which is far worse than its broader market. So the stock is currently trading at around $23 per share, which is 45% below its records and its current Zach's consensus price target marks about 85% upside to its levels at the moment. And then in terms of its valuation, the stock's now trading at about 16.4 times forward 12 month earnings which is 65% below its highs over just the last year and well below its median. So its valuations come down in a big way and both Yeti and Sonos might be longer term plays to consider. And for all the things I've said before, excuse me, Maybe don't jump into these stocks if you're trying to get in and out of them around earnings just because there's been such major moves with even much larger companies. So these smaller companies with lower share prices are prone to maybe move even more. But if you're a longer term investor, they're both certainly look worth considering uh, as taking at least a little nibble out of at the moment amid their fallen prices their valuations and then their longer term outlook, especially even in the next couple of years, able to grow amid all of the current economic setbacks. So that does it for another episode of Full Court Finance. Until next time, I'm your host, Ben Rains. And remember, if you have any questions, please feel free to shoot us an email over at podcast at zax.com.